0: Welcome to this episode of Right Stuff, presented by myself, Chris Fitzgerald, and produced by Daniel O'Connor through the Head Stuff Podcast Network. In this episode, I spoke with Gary Cunningham, and I know the word journey probably gets overused, but it has never been more applicable than to the last few years of Gary's life. He's gone from living in Mount Joy, what he describes in this interview as the most negative place on earth, to being one of the most genuinely positive people I've ever come across. He has recounted these experiences in two memoirs, Joys of Joy and Life After Joy, and he reads from the latter in at the end of this podcast. I interviewed Gary at Lestol Writers Week, and he starts by telling us about his connections with Lestol. So please like, share, subscribe, review, and enjoy this podcast with Gary Cunningham. Right, Gary, you've just arrived in Lestol. Just landed. Um, just how landed. are you feeling? How's it going so far? there's um, a um, good buzz
1: around? Yeah, there's a great buzz around. I've just walked in here into the Lestol arms and uh, was instantly kind of taken aback by the buzz that's downstairs it's it's like a hive you know mm. with the bees flying in and out um, I suppose as a writer you aspire to events like this you know you think god I wish I could be part of that someday um, and to get a phone call you know about four months ago being asked to come down and actually take part not only to take part but to be interviewed by a man who uh, I find quite inspiring myself mm. um, yes it's quite daunting I'm not going to lie to you um, what an honour what an absolute honour you know I'm really 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 chuffed I can't believe you it. You just had a moment of serendipity do you want to? Yeah so I mean I I I have I, 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 I class Lestal as my spiritual home um, I'm sure there's many a Kerry fan might like to hear a dub saying that but we won't go down that road now but uh, basically during my incarceration I got sent to um, Lockinghouse Open Centre and it was at this time I was about halfway through writing my first book but in Mount Joy, we've no computers, you know, we've no laptops to write on. So everything I was doing at that time was on sheets of A4 paper in my cell. So when I get transferred to this open centre, they have a school um, which has an IT room. So I got this little computer, no no internet, you know, people are convinced we're all on Facebook and we or not. <laughs> and anyway, um, I had the, the opportunity to kind of make a hard copy of what, I've, what I had. But while I was doing that, the, the IT teacher, Con, beautiful man, He'd be looking over my shoulder, and I didn't realise this, and one day he said, Gary, you, you, my God, you can write. So we're 10 years entering the Lestow writing a prison competition, and we've never won it, and we're beginning to think there's a, there might be a little, little bit of an unbiased view towards this prison. So he said, do you want to do it? And I said, oh, I'd love to do it, yeah. So I immediately, at that moment, I knew what the story was going to be. I was missing my son, and uh, it was about the very first time I brought him onto the hill, uh, Hill 16, and... Um, <laughs> I'm I'm looking over my shoulder, as I say, it was a day Cluxon knocked it over the bar to to win the All-Ireland against Kerry. And I sent this story off, and then geography from sixth class kicked in, and I realised that i just sent a a story of Stephen Cluxon lifting the All-Ireland to Kerry. And I thought to myself, well, that's the end of that. (laughs) I came first. I won it. And I actually... This is a bit embarrassing, because I won it the following year, which, when you think about it, means I was in prison for another year. But when I was here six months ago... There was a man, I was doing a talk called Pairing the Community Plugging Into Potential And there was a man sitting right at the front And it was kept from me who this man was And as I was giving my talk, there's a video camera on me Somebody points out that this man was Sean Sean is part of the writer's week And Sean was the, the man who actually took my story And graded it and gave me first place And just before I met yourself, I just bumped into him again Serendipity at its finest, it was beautiful
0: Lovely moment Oh it's and beautiful, that's first great.
1: man who ever gave me a chance So it's, yeah, it's yeah, beautiful that's Yeah, that's unreal.
0: Yeah. And you've been on some journey man
1: I mean, yeah, but you know what it is? I have untold shame about the way I live my life. My past is disgusting, and I refuse to stand in front of yourself, in front of anybody. I was on the Late Late Show, and my opening line was, I went to prison because I was a self-centred, selfish bastard, and that's exactly what I was. I don't marry the whole idea that your upbringing and your incarceration go hand in hand, because I was spoiled rotten. I come from a really good family. I brought untold shame to them. And I think the thing about it is, I quickly ascertained that in life I I had an excuse for everything, everything. I was an alcoholic, if it was too cold out I drank, if it was too warm out I drank, if the temperature was perfect I drank. I always had an excuse, my excuses had excuses. And in prison I had manners put on me, not aggressively. The thought had been 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 away from my mum, you know, it was just unbelievable, so I decided very quickly to own everything that I did, own up to it, don't offer excuses, and I swear to you, the reaction you get from people when you drop the facade, when you don't stand there and you start saying, oh well, look, like I can tell you, I have a story, my daughter died when I was 17, I'm still not over that, me and my dad didn't have the best relationship, but I'm, I'm one of billions, you know, you'll be 40 of a song called one in 10, I'm, I'm a statistic, you know, and what I did differently was, I went to prison because of, the, of my problems, you know but when I embraced this kind of this this whole thinking of of being open you know of putting trust and faith in people like you just said I have been on the most whirlwind two years ever and I'm so grateful for everything that has happened you know it's incredible it really is so the
0: word shame you mentioned it there and it comes up an awful lot in your book uh two books and is that something that you're still dealing with or is that something now that like what what are the strategies that you employ to deal with it now? I mean, you're, you're, you're over your alcoholism, your drug taking. Well, I think
1: you'll never be over alcoholism. And right. I think the thing about that is, um, great point, by the way. I've, I'm lucky enough to have my, my partner here who I actually met in prison and she's, she's just up the road there having a coffee. Antoinette. Antoinette, yeah, she's, she's, she's what a woman. <laughs> but, um, but the thing about it is, um, yesterday, yesterday something happened. I can't even remember what it was. And I had this overwhelming urge to go for a point. I'm five years sober now, and yet that that want is still there, you know. Um, so I'm dealing with that. But the shame thing is, it's something I don't fully want to get over, to be quite honest with you, because it keeps me grounded. It keeps me, it reminds me, I mean, <clears throat> you would, I'm sure you you, you know, let's say you, you wouldn't believe, the amount of trolls I get, the amount of negativity, the amount of death threats, I hope I die, and my mom gets brought into it. The old Gary dealt with everything with his fists and I had a very aggressive streak in me. Um, now I use this muscle up here in my brain. Um, but I, I found that I, I remember one guy, it's in the book, and he reached out and he, he, he called me every name you could think of. And when I actually pulled him on, he did it on a public uh, platform, he became worse. He really attacked me. Very personal, never met me before. So I sent back a quite lengthy email. Uh, just basically saying, look in the mirror. You know, I went into prison and it changed my life around, but you're uncomfortable with that. You'd rather I came out and I went back to the way I was. And at the end of it, I, I, I sent a question. Sorry, I asked the question. Were you ever the victim of a crime yourself? Four minutes later, his reply was a mobile phone number, and I rang it, and he apologised profusely on the phone. He said, you were you're, you're so articulate in your, in your response, you didn't give out to me. I said, I was. And this was a huge moment for me. He said, a, a guy broke into his house. He was assaulted by him. He got caught. He got put, in now this is going down a whole new road, one that I feel should be brought up a lot more. But he was brought in front of a court, in front of a judge. He got a suspended sentence. You know, he was back out on the street. and This man is at home. His wife is traumatised. He has a few bruises. He's missing a telly, you know. And he's kind of saying, well, feck you and feck the system. And there's this he comes out. Life after joy and joys of joy. And, you know, and he's kind of going, well, no, hang on for a minute. It's scumbags like you that have me feeling the way I feel today. And it was at that precise moment that I said, oh, hang on shame is something that I need to remember I can't be just walking around going oh look at me I wrote a book I've got to remember why I wrote them books and also on top of that <laughs> I'm carrying a flag that's a very lonely flag to carry not every ex-prisoner that's released should be just tarnished with a brush and dumped to the side we have a 65% re-offending rate in the first two years in this country and I'm convinced there's so many ways of bringing that down how you do your jail how you do your time I, I, I coined the phrase it's not the time you do it's what you do with your time but also coming out I know I'm banging my head against the wall at the moment, but I I enjoy banging my head. It's quite nice. Um, The thing about it is you, you learn new skills in prison. You might learn a new trade. You come out, you try to get a job. Forget about it. It's not happening. And I understand. But the way I look at it is if a guy or a girl comes out of prison and they are trying so hard to get a job, trust them. It's the guys and girls that don't want the jobs. They're the ones that are just... They've, they've, they've made their choice in life. They've chosen that path, you know. We shouldn't all be tarnished with that brush. You've been lucky enough to have writing and mm. that creative output. And yeah. that
0: has, I'm sure, helped you an awful lot it's and incredible. put it down in words. And, like, what would you say to people who are looking for a creative outlet? It's
1: I remember I, I had the, the, I've been, had the pleasure of going back into prisons yeah. and, and giving talks. And it's probably the most common question I get asked. In fact, if you don't mind me saying that, if you don't mind me doing a quick impression, usually it's, here, how, how the bleeding hell do you write a book? Like, where do you start, man? You know? And I remember this one day, I got this guy and I says, uh, right, you get on well with your mum. He said, I love me, ma. Yeah, love her, love her. Are you going to tell her about today? Yeah, about you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell her about it. Great. I said, so how would you tell her? Write a letter to her. How would you start it? And he says, I'd write there, ma. I said, I'll stop you there. So you're on the phone to your ma. You're going to go, hey, dear ma. And he goes, no, 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 i Who's not going to do that. So so what would you say? So basically, we had this chat. And I said, it's a conversation. Don't worry about the big words. Don't worry about the 10-syllable words. Just get that conversation. Get that flow going. But remember that you've got to speak for your mum as well. Left it at that. The guy is currently writing his first book. Whether it's going to be good or not. Yeah. But what I love is, he sent me a letter. The letter is five Phil's cap pages long, both sides. And it's all about how he loves writing. I think anybody can write, I don't mean that the way I don't mean anyone can publish, but anyone everybody has the, the, the capability of picking up a pen and just writing down their thoughts and their feelings and as somebody who has gone through addiction who's gone through abuse, who's gone through prison I can honestly say it's it's one of the greatest outlets you'll ever have you know, the the page will listen to everything you want to say, you know, it won't refuse you you know, so I highly recommend it to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: and yourself now as well, like this is your second book and the first book was kind of more about your time in prison and this one is your time since prison mm-hmm. and the kind of success from the first book. Why do you think people love your writing so much? What is it that they're getting <laughs> attached to? Because your story is very different to an awful lot of people's experiences, but there's something that is kind of I th- universal I think God it's because
1: well. I, I don't, I'm, I don't think I'm Wordsworth. I don't think I'm this amazing man Colm, you know? I, I'm just the gobshite <laughs> from Finglas who went to prison and, and happened to write a book. But <clears throat> I speak with Finglas colloquialisms. I use my my twang and my, my tone and I think people resonate with that I remember reading a book about Christy Dignan from Aslan and it's you know there's misspells in it on purpose and I just thought it was so authentic you know um, so I think I think as well as that um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite open I will tell you about a pile on my arse or I will tell you about making love to my girlfriend you know I, I, I don't mind opening up the doors to, to let the voyeur in and I suppose with the first book would it have been about life inside Mount Joy Prison Everybody wants to know what it's like in there. But what they didn't realise when they picked up my book is that there's not a story of violence. There's, I mean, I'm not going to show you now, but I could actually physically remove those two teeth because my first four or five days, I thought it was Johnny Big Knobs or Big Knob. I was walking around Mount Joy and some fella put manners on me. He kicked me up and down the yard because I had a mouth on me. And I'll tell you what, and when minute's finished, he picked me up off the ground and he said, no, cop onto yourself there. I was minus two teeth and I had a lot more manners in me after that day, I can tell you. Um, so... <clears throat> I decided when I wrote this book the first one to, to, to banish all that to take all that kind of away so, you know there's a, there's a chapter in the new and in the first book uh, called Apple Zinc where it talks about how we made apple tarts, things that people don't realise that kind going to go on in prison so I took a risk I, I, I tried to write a positive story about the most negative place on earth and it paid off
0: that's, yeah, and, but is it the most negative place on earth? Yeah.
1: It? yeah, it's, okay. look.
0: How did you find the hope in it and the positivity in it?
1: Because I had a man called Fitzer beside me. Yeah, Fitzer's um, a big uh, legend yeah. in your story. Yeah, so. he should have been here this morning. He flew in from Tenerife last night and his two kids have a vomiting bug. Right. He's not too happy. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I met Fitzer on my second day in there and the journey we've been on together right up until 24 hours ago is just, it's worthy of your two books in my opinion, in my humble opinion. I oh, was completely negative going into prison I oh, was terrified I was 18 and a half stone I went through the DTs in the first couple of weeks um, and again I still had this attitude I still had this chip on my shoulder that the world owed me something you know and Fitz are, <laughs> I'd love him to be here he'd, he'd take over this entire room you know he, he just he, 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 he fills the whole room when he walks in and just really quickly he just said snap out of it stop whinging yeah it's your fault you're here it's no one else's fault you're here it's your fault and he just he mentored me I still went through the dark days I tried to kill myself he was there I tried to I was going to another way I was going to get rid of all the demons in my head was I was going to try him for the first time with my personality I would have been gone and he copped this and he stopped me and then he was just the bringer of joy <laughs> he's the funniest man I've ever met in my life and I, I constantly say that he just you know poured light into the darkest corners of Mount Joy and I'm not the only one to say that prison officers governors ACOs they all thought that about him yeah. Everybody gravitated towards this man. So he brought he brought that to, to, to me, and I refused then to let the negativity in. But trust me, trust me, imagine your first morning waking up in Mount Joy. Just, just try and picture it. It's as noisy as a train station. And you are petrified that you're looking at some guy who killed 12 people or some guy who did this or did that. I mean, I remember the first morning, three guys that walked by me, I'd seen in the Herald the day before that were in for GBH and this, that and the other, and your head just goes down. And you're instantly thinking, I've three and a half years to do here. What? This is day one, and I want to run home to my mammy. There is moments of absolute joy in the joy, but the majority of it is the most negative place on earth. I've seen things that... I guarantee you the, the, the guys, in, uh, the special effects guys in, in Hollywood could not recreate some of the, the damage I've seen done to, to guys' faces. I mean, the, the most the most common, common um, assault would be a stripe on your face. You know, this is the ultimate punishment. It can be given for own money for drugs. It can be given for ratting. It can be given for looking at someone the wrong way, you know. I had a guy five inches in front of me walking up a corridor, Got striped in front of me, and when I bent down to try and help him, it was put into my eye, telling me to get up and move on. It's nothing got to do with you, and you have to, you have to just get up and move on. But there's some guy with half a face on the ground, you know. So is there trauma for you, Gary? I mean, this is there was a lot, yeah, yeah. there was a lot. But I'm I'm quite a strong person; I can deal with stuff like that. I had a, I got knocked around a bit when I was younger, so it it toughened me up in that respect. But you're never, you're never, no matter who you are, no matter how hard you are, you're never ready to see someone's face obliterated by a blade. You know, there's an alarm that goes off for the the officers. The officers I have the most respect for in that place. You know, I could have. I, I think the Irish Prison Service might have got a little bit of a fright when they heard the next prisoner was bringing out a book. But why would I? Why would I bring down uh, an organisation that I actually? Uh, I would say saved my life they did and save my life you are
0: rehabilitators I yeah. am rehabilitators yeah. and
1: definitely. that's thanks to the 100% thanks to yours prison service listen in every walk of life there's arseholes when we walk out this, this, ho- this hotel there's an arsehole there an arsehole there an arsehole there I'm an arsehole you know there's arseholes everywhere and there are arsehole prison officers but believe it or not they're a the minority the majority are just men and women who have a, a job they're, ser- they're public servants they go in there they do their job and they just want to do their job you know they're locked up with you Christmas day like you know I was very mindful of that this one officer came to the door and told us to go out to the yard and I wished him a happy Christmas and he said yeah it's effing marvellous to spend my Christmas day with you shower of shite bags <laughs> you know and you, you know <laughs> and you kind of, kind of hit home then you know the he's in here. to that yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: brilliant man um, so yeah Music has also been a big solace for you and since you've come out you've formed yeah, a band yeah. and what's the connection for you between like writing your books and playing music and this kind of creative output and like you're sitting here now with like you've a massive positive energy you know you're just you've this kind of really pleasant demeanor. Thank you. How different is that from 10 years oh, ago and like wow. how,
1: how much has writing, music, creative wow. output changed? I mean it's creativity is the key it really is and what I love, what I love is it's in everybody everyone has the capabilities to be incredible. We just need a little reminder. And I honestly feel like I'm here to remind people because I would not know to do that for me. Yeah, you know, well, it fits our fits her showed me what I what I was worth. But before that, I'd nothing. You know, I my mom was incredible, but she had to battle against somebody else. You know, there was times if she if she praised me, she'd be, she'd get into trouble, you know? So, it was a horrible situation for my mom. She's incredible. I love her so much. Yeah. Um but with, Roy, with, with, with you know, 10, you say, it would have been even earlier than that, maybe six, seven years ago. Oh, we wouldn't be having this interview. You wouldn't, even if I had wrote those two books back as, as that. Gary, if if the girls now say, oh, Gary Cunny, I'm here, do you want to? You'd be like, ah oh, no, no, it's okay. Oh, he was the most negative Nelly you ever met in your life, you know. <laughs> the, I used to say the glass was always half uh, empty. But it was usually just up at my mouth, and I was drinking, <laughs> you know. But no, uh, music, music is the spice of life, and it'll it'll always put you in either a really good humour, or if you break up with your girlfriend, a really bad humor. Um And coinciding with with writing, I I had a little enterprise going in Mountjoy where I used to write poems yeah. for for prisoners, and the the writing of the poem, uh, I'm in no way comparing myself to my hero, which is James Douglas Morrison, Jim Morrison, but he he write poetry, and the band would put music around his poems. And I started thinking that way. I, st- I think like Jim Morrison all the time, actually, for some weird reason. But uh, that's what I did. And then Fitzer was there and we started The Offenders. What yeah. an original name. Yeah, <laughs> and a a name. There's, a the there. <laughs> yeah. there's a German ska oh, band right. called The Offenders. Had to. There's a German ska band called The Offenders. And okay. it was actually a prison officer from uh, Lock and House, Mr Camden. Absolute head case and an absolute gentleman. And we had this banner made with The Offenders. We were the first band. Ever created in the history of the Irish Prison Service to be created in one prison and to be transferred into other prisons to do gigs. And I tell you, this is not one word of a lie. We'd be handcuffed and put into a prison bus in great form. Yeah. And then the bus in front of us would have our guitars, <laughs> our drums, and everything being that. And then we'd go up to these prisons. And I don't blame the prison officers. <laughs> you just see four head cases walking. Yeah. Up. How are you, lads? Oh, the rock stars. Listen, the rock stars. And they used to put us through hell. Searches going in here, leaving right. us and holding cells. So uh, it was great. It was yeah, an amazing experience. But we had this this big sign, the offenders. And this is when we found out someone had Googled one of the officers, Gary, there's already an the offenders. And Mr. Condon says, it's hashtag everything <laughs> these days. Stick a hashtag in there. And we did. We put okay. it in the middle and said at the start. Yeah, and that yeah. was the offenders.
0: But it's, the, already, it's yeah. the
1: most original name ever, I personally think. Ah, uh, that's a great name. <laughs> uh, so,
0: we, we'll, if, if you don't mind reading for a second but before you do that, Gary, what's what's next for you now? Um, I'm y-
1: on chapter seven of my next book, Okay, um, which is a complete break or a complete shift. So basically in in Mountjoy, I wrote a, a musical called Journeyman, and it's the story of a man from birth to death. Now, I must get this out there. I literally wrote it from his birth to his death. Okay. And actually, I'm here with DKO and we worked on the script. This is incredible. Um I'll, t- I'll try and do this quickly yeah. Okay, so What happened was Fitzgerald says to me one day I'm writing songs for the band And he can't believe it And he's just, just a motivator And he's just turned around And and only the way Fitzgerald can We are walking in the kitchen He says, here Roars at me, here Cunningham I Says, yeah Write a rock opera, yeah Write, write, write something huge And this is a challenge accepted And three days later I came out with Johnny Man And hand handed it to him And we had a massive row You didn't write that No, you couldn't have And I said, I did I said, well, I wrote about myself, I suppose I used myself and whatever. It was given to the music teacher in Mountjoy. It blew him away, And he handed us a dictaphone and we went into this room and we rough recorded all these songs, right. shot into a dictaphone. I still have that at home. And uh, we did that. And I wonder, actually, if this will play in the, I'm going to try something for you. We did that and um, this lady was brought in called Maggie Bourne. Maggie Bourne should have been here today. But unfortunately, her mummy is, uh, is quite ill and I hope you're okay, Maggie. Um Maggie was the drama teacher, and she was in the Mountjoy campus, but wasn't in Mountjoy prison. And she heard this, and she just went, "Like this woman has, has put on plays in Broadway," and she just went, "I want this. I want this now." Make a long story longer. She said, "We're gonna put this on in Mountjoy. You need to get prisoners to do it." She said, the last time I had four prisoners, I got her 32. 32 lads turned up and the funniest thing you will ever see is to stand in a room with men of all walks of life, some addicts, some this, and we're playing a game of zip-zap-bop. <laughs> this woman stood in the middle of a big circle of us and she'd hold a zip in her hands and she'd zap it at you and you'd have to catch it and bop it over this way. Okay. What these fellas didn't realise, day one. Oh, God, I'm not doing that, <laughs> you must be joking. Day four, zip-zap-bop, they're all over it. Mm-hmm. All their inhibitions were just stripped. It was an incredible experience. Yeah. Mount Joy happens. They transfer me to Lock and House halfway through it. And Maggie said one thing to me. She was devastated, but she said, we were so close, we nearly got it onto that stage, but I promise you, I'll write to you. And I said, she won't write. She did write. We're like the best friends today. And right now, I'm so excited to tell you this. Man is about to go out onto the stage um, and I've been sitting in my bedroom. I'm quite ill at the moment. And I find that instead of giving an excuse, instead of, um, instead of, uh, Feeling sorry for myself, I decided that I would find something that would inspire me. So I've been sitting at home with the worst recording. I'm looking at your guys' setup. I need that. I'm going to rob that. <laughs> I am a criminal. And I will rob that piece of equipment. There, I've got a really bad interface, but I'm recording the songs. and This is a uh, father's father's uh, brat. So basically, the father in this story is uh, he's quite evil okay. and. Uh, if you can imagine this on the stage, so this is me being the father by the way, which is a bit ironic. But I just want to hear this bit; it's pretty heavy. Get out of my sight, you little brat! You are the root of all my problems. And then it kicks oh, into this stuff. It's got the drama. It t- kicks into. It. <laughs> <that>. So yeah, <laughs> um, so basically that's 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 what we've been doing and. I got this idea, my publisher was saying, look, I think you've wore out the whole Gary Cunningham, <laughs> Gary Cunningham goes to prison, Gary Cunningham's zero prison, you know, what's next? Like, so I don't want to, I'm bored doing that. So I decided to kind of, I'm writing the book, Man. So um, I sent him off the chapter outlines and what he thought, and he fell in love with it. It's set in the 80s in Dublin and it's going back to the style of writing I had. Because this was, a, Life After Joy it was a complete detour from Joy's, Joy. Joy's Joy is a quite funny book. This is quite a sad and very personal book, and quite a sad book. Um, so I'm going back to the joys of joy I'm going to create characters that people fall in love with hopefully again so that's what really, I'm currently man. doing at the moment best of yeah. luck with it it's no, so different so but I, I have no doubt something that different. it'll be great yeah, yeah, yeah something different I mean I think we should always try and reinvent ourselves as yeah. best we can you know so so if you don't mind Gary well, yeah, just reading a small bit from of course. it's just a little bit from the, the preface that I hope that would be lovely yeah <clears throat> I had the daunting task of trying to fit back into a society that unfortunately in some quarters frowns upon ex-cons I needed a job in order to try and sustain a normal life Alas, obtaining that job is a book in itself. The voice inside my head was so loud at this time, so overbearing. What do you expect, Gary? You messed up. It's all your own fault and your own doing. I remember vividly the first two or three weeks of my release. I was engulfed in paranoia as I walked down the street, feeling like every person who passed by me knew of my disgusting past. Silly, I know, and yet, sadly, I'm not the only one with these thoughts. I've spoken to so many men and women who have also served time, and these feelings seem to be the common denominator. And those first couple of weeks of any person's release from prison are pivotal, as they are faced with the choice of whether to go forwards or to go backwards. So I picked up my trusty big bureau and decided to write the very book you now hold in your hands. This book could be viewed as Joys of Joy Part 2. And for the people who loved that story, I promise updates on how Fitzer, the man I my sentence with, the offenders, the band I formed with Fitzer, <coughs> and of course, Antoinette, my beautiful partner, are getting on. And for those who have not read Joys of Joy, don't worry. I will again explain who these people are and how they altered my life, not only in prison, but as a free man too. I was released on November 10, 2014, and the journey I've been on since is one I could never have imagined. From humongous highs to lethal lows, this is my most honest account of life after prison. A sometimes heartbreaking, but most time amusing story of fitting in, of being accepted. A story of getting knocked back and suffering seriously bad health, but mostly a story of never giving up. This is also a story written with as much positivity as I can muster. Of course, there will be low points, but my ultimate goal is to show you that anything is possible with the right mindset. Today, I live a life of gratitude, and it really works for me. I tell everyone around me how grateful I am for having them in my life, from Antoinette to my family to Fitzer to friends I made on Facebook, and I really hope that my story will help others too. So, is there a life after joy? We'll jump on in and find out. Beautiful. Thanks a million, man. Thank Gary. you so much. Pleasure, An to absolute meet you. pleasure. Thank Thanks you so much. Cheers.